What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Fourth Infinity. It's a big one. It's the biggest one of the year by definition. Uh, We're going to recap the NFC and AFC Championship games today on this episode. The two biggest games of the year so far that set up the Super Bowl. So we don't have a ton of games to get into, but they were the biggest games of the year. Before I get to them, I will introduce my co-hosts. And as always, we'll start with Bobby. What's up, Bobby? Hey, how's it going? I'm, uh, yeah, this is uh, some fun football. I mean, you know, it's weird not having the Lions the last couple of weeks, but uh, playoff football is fun. That's all I got to say. So, so you, you have the opinion that this was a fun weekend of football, eh? Uh, yeah, I mean, with no teams, you know, that I'm that invested in, I think it was uh, I think it was pretty fun. Okay, we'll see. We'll see if that's a consensus opinion. Uh, first, we'll jump to Arcadio after you. What's up, Arcadio? Hey, uh, I miss wildcard week. You miss wildcard week when there's a little bit more going on? There, there's been like none of the games since wildcard weeks have been like nearly as exciting as most of those games yeah not really uh, i think chief jacks chief jacks was a good game and then what was the second game that last sunday oh cowboys and niners it wasn't quite a good game but i think wildcard week has been the peak of these playoffs so far but we'll get to these two games in just a second last but not least jay what's up <sighs> it's over it's jover that's, that's all i got it's all he's got well, you got to have a little bit more than that because uh, your game is going to be the first one that we get to here. So it's time for first down uh, for the, the two game recaps. The NFC championship game was the first game of the day. The Eagles hosting the Niners at the link in Philadelphia. Uh, this was the one seed and the two seed in the NFC. Uh, uh, there were uh, a lot I of guess. opinions flying around about this game in the in the week before. These this seemed like a good matchup on paper between the two teams. Um the Eagles were a much more intact team, I think. Obviously, they had all their starters in. The Niners had their third-string quarterback, Brock Purdy, and obviously he's been in for the last several weeks, performing very well for his experience level and his position in the standing of the team. Um, but the depth issues with the Niners and things that were pretty much out of their control finally started to rear their uh, ugly head in this game for them because Purdy, in the first quarter, got injured pretty damn quick. And uh, he hurt his elbow, and he came back in the game, but it was pretty clear that he could not throw. Pretty much immediately. It was really upsetting because we were all, obviously we were all expecting a, a really good matchup between like number one defense in the NFC, number one offense in the NFC. And to, to see Purdy go out as early as he did and just like completely make the 49ers just one dimensional for the rest of the game. Like it kind of sucks. Like we all want to see a good game and you know, just not a good product. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it always sucks when someone, especially in a, in a high pressure game like this gets, you know, a major injury. And as we found out later, like there was really no way that he could have played. Um, you know, it's kind of surprising that even he even came back into the game as he did, um, even just to throw like two screen passes. Um, but yeah, that game, it was a definitely it made the game less entertaining than it should have been. I mean, the reason to, for me that it was fun uh, and what I was getting at is like my brother's the big Eagles fan. It's fun to see them win um, and, and go to the Super Bowl. That's uh, the team I was rooting for because of that. So, but I did want it to be a competitive game, uh, and I think it would have been for sure if Purdy wasn't hurt. Um, but there, I think we can get into Jay can get into more specifics, and then we can maybe comment on it. But definitely some interesting calls in both games on the referees uh, that side. Mm-hmm. But um, kind of started with that that fourth down play early on in the game. Uh, to Devontae Smith. Um, and I know Jay has some comments on that. But yeah, look, uh, the Eagles are a very good team. The Niners are too. And they just couldn't compete with a essentially fourth string quarterback. So definitely unfortunate. But it was for me, it was still entertaining enough to watch because I have liked watching the Eagles this year, um, including having a lot of them on my fantasy team. So as far as entertainment value, still was entertained by playoff football in that sense. But uh, nowhere near as good of a game as anyone was expecting. Yeah, so uh, it all comes down to uh, poor refereeing question mark or a or a refereeing decision that uh, that didn't go our way. I, I wouldn't say that was poor refereeing. I think that that's just kind of what happens in those situations. That, you know, uh, Shanahan could have made a, a challenge there, and and you know the way the game unfolded, had he made a challenge there, I think, you know. Who knows what happens? I think you you look at the game in its entirety, uh, and I, I guess I'll start big picture and then touch back on that that fourth down call and then the rest how the game went. But um, yeah, Purdy gets injured on the what first drive of the game. That that's it. I mean, Josh Johnson is a quarterback just to have 
a second quarterback on the roster. He, he's not really a competitive player. I, I know he's been around the league a lot and been with a billion teams, but um, yeah, he's not really a competitive player. And then he gets injured, and then you, uh, the the game of football is not designed to be played without a quarterback. Like it's just that's yeah, just we thought McCaffrey so, was going in. Uh, he was getting prepared for the you know with the quarterback helmet and everything. And yeah, yeah it was it was not pretty. Yeah, and so it's a tough way to go out because I think while when you know it was earlier in the game and the there was I wouldn't even say some life, but the sideline hadn't fully like just lost it. Uh, the Niners defense I think played a really impressive uh, you know set of football, and of course circumstances dictate how that looks. And and in the it, you know reflecting on it as a whole, it's like it wouldn't have mattered no matter how much like good defense was played and I think they you know they started to put together like um, good defensive series after good defensive series and then fourth fourth string quarterback turnovers and and then just frustrations boiling over on a season that's been very up and down and so in many ways like pretty miraculous to kind of make it as far like I think like reasonably I think if you went in before the season I would have said like the floor for this team is the championship game and they made it this far with the injuries they had and 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 I think that um it just it sucks uh for it to end this way um I think uh Kittle came on post game and and they and they asked him how does it feel and he said uh you know going out there and playing without a quarterback uh it's uh, pretty rough is what he said and and that's that's just kind of how the season went. Um, yeah, there, there was that questionable fourth down call. Um, you know, in replay, was pretty evidently not a catch, but uh, they snapped the ball quick, and that's what you do in those situations. And yeah, Shanahan could have thrown the flag, but he said that he looked up at the jumbotron and it looked like a catch, and that we just went with it. Um, and I think in those situations, yeah, you want him to make that kind of decision. But I think if you looked at what happened in in the ensuing drives, like had Purdy stayed healthy, I think giving up those seven points would not have been the end of the world. But of course, he didn't stay healthy, and and part of that was also somewhat on play calling and play design. But sometimes you take sacks and and plays don't work. But there, it's really hard to account for potentially injuring get, players getting injured. And uh, yeah, it, it sets up an entire off season of of the same crap that we've been going through for. Three off seasons now, where it's Trey Lance, and then now Trey Lance is hurt, and then Jimmy, and then this, and then that. I don't know. It's just like it's been the same storylines for so long. And at this point, I just want a quarterback that can go out there and play consistently for 17 games. Because I think if we had one of those, even if they were a middling quarterback, they made it and could have won the Super Bowl in 2019 with Jimmy Garoppolo, who like by all intents and purposes, was a limiter on the offense. Like, uh, And so I think they, they they could do the same thing if they had any quarterback play that was, you know, anywhere from the 10th to 15th best quarterback in the league. And, and they seemingly have players of that caliber. It's just none of them can stay healthy for a full season. Yeah, I got to commend the 49ers defense. Like I know I mentioned we wanted to see the number one defense against the number one offense and all that. And yeah, they allowed 31 points, but like they were in most of the game, like in the first half, especially like they, it was seven, seven near like the five minute mark of the first of the first half. And, you know, at some point you just, you have to play too many downs because your offense can't stay on the field. Right. So defense just got gassed. They got sloppy, undisciplined towards the end, frustrated, obviously. And yeah, it was, it was a shame. Yeah. This was obviously I think uh, Burkhardt at one point in commentary said unfair, which I think does feel like the uh, the operative word for this game for the Niners. Like, incredibly unlucky for them and also just unfair. Like, they played this well through the entire year, and when it mattered most, they just, like, they just couldn't function as a team because of what they lost, and that's just, like, that just sucks. Like, there's no other way around it. Like, you don't want to see a game or especially a season in the championship game of the conference end like this. You want to see... Both teams bring their best at that point in the year. And the fact that they just couldn't, no matter what they did, that's what really sucks about this. Like a great game potentially left on the table. And that's that's what really like 
really makes me sad is that we were deprived of really having a competitive game basically from the from the get-go like Josh Johnson when he got when he had to get go in he tried like and he did okay at times but it was clear like even with him in they they couldn't do anything and yeah I mean they tried their best on both sides of the ball McCaffrey had some moments of life and he had a couple little spurts here and there but it just was never going to be enough and that sucks and gave the Eagles a pretty easy path to the Super Bowl all things considered the two games that they had um so like it sucks but you know the Eagles as far as they're concerned they played the teams that were in front of them I don't begrudge them or anything for it it's just one of the situations where what happened happened and it's just incredibly unfortunate for the Niners and for everybody who was hoping for a really good game from this oh uh I gotta I gotta uh, publicly call out Kayvon Thibodeau for being an absolute clown on Twitter um and and this goes for like a lot of a lot of takes that I saw after the game where it was like, oh, the the Eagles are unstoppable. It's like, n- no, the, the 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 Eagles were very stoppable for the time that the 49ers could play competitively. Uh, and also, Kayvon Thibodeau uh, of of the Giants were like, oh, we would have been more competitive than the 49ers are. And it's like, bro, but they weren't. Did you watch your <laughs> they game? Played last week. <laughs> like, you literally were not. Like, no, like you, that just simply didn't happen. And anyway. But uh, yeah, Joe Staley clowned him, and then he was like, "Who are you?" And I'm like, uh, "Joe Staley might be one of the best tackles uh, in the last 20 years." So I don't know, Kayvon Thibodeau, maybe watch some tape. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. It's weird to see all the takes and and a lot of the and the talk, and especially over the next the course of the next two weeks, the talk that we'll see about like all oh, the Eagles are unbeatable. It's like mm, the Eagles look pretty beatable in that game if the 49ers had any amount of competent quarterback play. And I'm sure Sirianni played more conservatively because of the injury situation and the fact that like they didn't really need to expose much more of their playbook, but that team is beatable, man. Uh and and uh you know, we'll we'll see what happens, but I, I don't I mean I think the Eagles are good not to take anything away from how good they are, but to like loft them up on this like oh, the look they ran through the NFC with no problems. It's like they ran through uh, a Giants team that everyone will tell you was bad and a 49ers team that literally couldn't have an offense because they couldn't have a healthy quarterback for the vast majority of that game. Yeah, it is unfortunate for sure. And um, like a functional Niners team does not have 164 yards total. Like that that's that was definitely um, sad to see with the, Niner, with the Niners team who's been so good throughout the year and have so many weapons on the team and that on both sides of the ball. But, um, yeah, I think, uh, there's going to be a lot of interesting off season stories now for your team, um, at the quarterback position because of injuries and free agency and, and Lance and all that stuff. So I think, uh, you know, you're going to have a lot to talk about in the next uh, little while. Yeah. going to be a long off season. Yeah. Yeah, it will be a lot of uncertainty, obviously at one position in particular, but even looking beyond that, you know, you've mentioned, you've mentioned the inconsistency at quarterback and like the uncertainty every offseason about that position for the Niners. In that stretch, they've made it to three NFC championship games in four years. They got to the Super Bowl one of those years with Jimmy there for the entire year. Like this is a team that I think you, I can really commend them for, especially the coaching from Shanahan and also just the talent on the defense and the skill players they have on offense consistently throughout the past three, four years, just being insanely good and making up for those deficiencies that they have. Like I can only commend this team for that, for getting as far as they have when they really, especially this season, they really shouldn't have like considering how much they went through this year. The fact that they got to the NFC title game to begin with, I think was pretty astonishing. And the fact that they had a seriously decent chance of making it past that game. If, you know, injuries didn't happen at the horrible time that they did. Like I can only commend the team for that. Like I think they should still get a ton of credit for what they did. It sucks that it ended up this way for them, but I think there's still a lot of positives to take from this season in particular for the Niners. But in the moment, it sucks. It really sucks. I have I have been there. I've lost conference championship games before with my team. It's not fun. Yeah. It's been a lot of losing conference championship games for the last thirteen years. So yeah. Or 10 years or 12 years or however long it's been since Kyle Williams fumbled the ball a billion times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is it is what it is. And uh, so we soldier on in a division that looks like it's still open for the taking. Yeah, that's uh, that division is four question marks to me right now, really, I think. Niners, I think on paper, will still have the strongest roster next year, but we will see. 
Okay, so that was the NFC title game. Eagles moved on to the Super Bowl, and they waited to see who their opponent would be from the AFC. So the AFC title game in the evening was the Chiefs at Arrowhead hosting the Bengals. Uh, This was a game with a lot of discussion going into it, um, particularly from the players themselves. There was a lot of trash talk from the Bengals players and the mayor of Cincinnati and the people of Cincinnati. Um, Everyone's saying that they owned the Chiefs, which, I mean, for the past three games, the past couple years, they have owned the Chiefs in big games consistently. So, I mean, there was a little bit of... uh, there's a little bit of credibility to that to a degree going into this game, but I would also tell them to not count their chickens before they hatched, and this was an example of that. And the 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 mayor saying that Joe Burrow was Mahomes' daddy, like, uh huh. And they called <laughs> yeah. it Burrowhead, yeah, that, a Burrowhead Stadium. They would not show yeah, up about mayor, that one. The mayor Wildman. Yeah. Yeah. He got his comeuppance in the end. <laughs> uh, yeah, we can get into that a little bit later. But as far as the game itself. Um, on paper, we can talk about we can talk about what I picked before we get in here. Let's just get that part out of the way. So uh, I now infamously, according to the group chat, picked the Bengals to win this game. Just looking at what it looked like going in with the Holmes injury and expecting his ankle to get worse over the course of the week, and the Bengals having the historical precedent the last th- three games that they've beaten them in in big games in in huge situations like the AFC title game last year. The uh, like it just seemed on paper to me that the Bengals had the edge here. The Chiefs had the home field advantage, but that has not stopped the Bengals before in the two games that they played at Arrowhead last year. So it still seemed like to me that this is a Chiefs team that I have seen a lot of issues with throughout the year, despite their fourteen and three record and the Mahomes injury plus the injuries that happened throughout the week. Travis Kelsey was questionable. He ended up being a game time decision because he's had some back issues this past week or two. So on paper to me, it seemed like not an easy Chiefs loss, but it was the least confident I've been in a Chiefs-Bengals game so far, and they had lost the previous three. So that was my thought process. You guys can talk shit now. Yeah, I mean, it's, You can't pick against your team yeah, it's just, here. It's just, just good to know that when your team's in a big situation and you just you just don't believe in them. That's fine. Yeah. It's, Not a fake fan. It's on the record. Hashtag fake fan. Can't wait for you to pick the Eagles in, in next week's pod. It's going to be great. Looking forward to it. I mean, I, I make all these decisions, which, I mean, I've picked against them before. I picked the Bills to beat them in the regular season, which they did. I mean, I can still acknowledge if I don't this think is, the but team that's, is going that's to That's the win. regular season. Okay. <laughs> I can this still acknowledge if I game, don't think they're going to win. And you're the number win. one seed. Okay. There's still a lot working against them heading into the game. That was, that was the thought process. In the bracket, I had them beating the Bengals in this game, but that was before the big Mahomes injury, so that was what really threw a wrench into things. I was probably still going to go with the Chiefs until the injury, but when I saw that and saw how the Bengals had done against them before, I thought, okay, this is probably the least likely to win that they've been in any of these four games that they've had the last two years. So that was a lot of what the thinking was then. I understand you shouldn't pick against your team, and I was still supporting them all the way through. I would have been happy to be proven wrong. In this case, I got proven wrong, and I am much happier for being proven wrong. I'm much happier that that's what happened, not the alternative, but I still didn't legitimately did not expect this game to actually go this way. That's what I can say. Uh, a non-Chiefs fan should look at this game and say, okay, like like we did, like that Mahomes injury was concerning. Logically, yes, I get that. But you, again, you you made the wrong choice on your part. Um, yeah, just, okay. you just don't want to give your team a vote of confidence. That's fine. Yeah. And I'm the happy one in the end, so it all but, works out. It sounds like we're all winners from this. No, I mean, you still yeah. lost the pick. You did. Mm. It's true. Yeah. Although, I think I think if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, then my bracket will win in the overall points when we finally do that scoring. I think I, think I might have that in my back pocket, but we'll get there when we get there. But um, We'll see. Okay. We'll see. Yeah, I think we can actually talk about the game itself. So, where do we want to start here? There's a lot. Well, we can start by saying I think Mahomes looked way better than any of us expected him to. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't like he looked a little slower and he wasn't scrambling oh, to the degree that he normally would right. but yeah he didn't he didn't look at like visibly in pain like he did after every single play last week like he exactly. could hand the ball off this time which was a big improvement because anytime he tried to hand it hand the ball off from under center he couldn't do it he hobbled back he almost fumbled it last week trying to do it like it was bad and this week he could do all that he could function and he could actually run and not look like he was you know uh, couldn't put any pressure on that foot, you know. As we saw on the, even the last offensive play before that, the end of the game, before the field goal, he was scrambling and 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 made a run, you know, yeah, when, a good run. Yeah. So when his, he, when yeah. his offensive lineman held the Bengals defender, but okay, go on. Yeah, 
True. A legal holding if you ask Joe Thomas, it, it, by the way. I, I know I know that you're gonna get into that, Arcadio, but as far as talking about Mahomes, uh he I don't know how with a high ankle sprain ankle sprain that he performed like he did, but he did not look very injured. Like he was not hundred percent, but he yeah, it looked like he was maybe a little nicked up. Like between the snap and the whistle he looked uh okay, but I feel like there were some times where uh, after the play ended, that man was moving so gingerly. It was like, oh yeah, uh, yeah. It I was mean, that's hard to watch. Yeah, but, I mean, that's expected but, for sure. But I mean, what matters is between the between the snap and the whistle. So, um, you know, that's uh, yeah. I mean, I think I think it was it was interesting. Uh, the Chiefs also lost a bunch of wide receivers during the game. They did oh yeah. Um, Not just so, wide receivers; and, they and lost like, multiple like star defensive players during the game. Their top corner and their top linebacker they lost during the game as well. Yeah, so like the injury play continued to to hobble the Chiefs throughout the game, but but uh, I mean I think when it came down to it, 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 it Mahomes made the plays and Burrow didn't, uh, and that, that that was kind of what it came down to in the end. Of course, uh, you know t- Tossin just do over downs because uh, they feel like it, I guess, and and all the like, like I don't know, like you know it, it they there was some there was some really poor officiating, and and I think that you know, went through both the first game in the morning. There was like a lot of ticky tack penalties and, and the Niners defense imploded somewhat due to penalties. And, and then, uh, in the afternoon game, I, I don't even know what to tell you. There was, that was some of the most poorly officiated sport that I've seen in a long time. And like, sometimes the officiating is bad and you're just like, man, that officiating was bad, but it's it that's just how sports is and then sometimes you're like officiating was bad and it had a left a big mark on the game and like actually changed the way the game looked and felt and was played and and i think yesterday's game was in the latter uh i, I know Arcadia can, yeah, has can i talk about this on on the officiating uh, yes, go, for uh, go for it so like most games there's like one or two calls that you know probably you could say should have maybe should have gone the other way and overall, like one or two plays doesn't really make a, a huge impact on the game. When it's two, when it's three, it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I wish the officials weren't trying to put the game in their own hands. But, you know, you you can still overcome those those uh, those calls as a team. But when it starts to add add up to like four or five, like really bad calls, really like very close penalties, like 50, 50 penalties. And you're pretty much exclusively calling it on one team. Like it it starts to come to a point where, look, this game was decided by three points. I have a hard time saying that all of those calls that added up over the course of the game didn't make that three point difference, you know, cause like, let's just talk about the, the most obvious one was the the third down play that they ended up blowing dead even though nobody heard the whistle like li- literally there was only one person blowing a whistle apparently and well i don't think the thing is i don't think he actually ever blew the whistle he just ran in and waved his arm you could see like him just, running in if you just see the before replay, the snap but was yeah, yeah and he's but I don't think he was he's actually like way the back there yeah that whole that whole he's sequence like more than behind the line of scrimmage yeah, that whole sequence more than anything seemed like a massive miscommunication because the play before that, or even before that play in particular, he was talking to the, the main official, Ron Torbert, I think, was talking to the clock operator, and they were all out of sync. Like, that was already happening. There was massive miscommunication happening even before that happened. And then that happened, and it made it just threw everything out of whack. Like, I still think what actually happened was technically what was technically what's supposed to happen in the situation, but it was executed so terribly by everybody involved that it made it come off the way it did is what it seemed like actually happened. I have to ask, why were they letting them line up to snap the ball? If they knew that the clock wasn't in sync, if if they knew that the clock was supposed to be running and it wasn't running, why'd they let them even line up in the first place? Cause they made the announcement. They made an announcement for third down. There was something wrong with the clock. Yeah, and then they went to go play the third down play, and then so, the clock so what problem was, did get fixed. Yeah, basically the clock was supposed to be stopped, and they were and the the lead official like whatever he said to the clock operator on my whistle start the clock. What he meant yeah. was just the play clock, 
but what they started was the entire clock. Um, mm-hmm. So the ref in the back noticed it, went, ran in to stop the play. But my, in my opinion, but he, he didn't even commit. I know he, he didn't, didn't, he didn't commit. In my opinion, because the, in, right. In my opinion, I get like maybe that's what how it's supposed to be. Be like that's what's supposed to happen there. But I think that they should definitely let that play happen as is. If they realize there's a clock issue, then you correct the, the correct clock the issue clock, and right? replay because you can go back and easily see how much time should have come off. But their justification was that run, but because one official blew the whistle that the whole play should have been called dead regardless. And like we've established, we didn't hear a whistle. Yeah, I don't think there yeah, was, to be honest. You didn't hear a whistle. He was 15 yards away from the play. He he ran in about halfway and then just bailed because the play just started happening. And he's like, I would like to not get run over by a bunch of football players. Yeah, from his but standpoint, like, I understand why he backed off at that particular point in time because he was going to get Yeah, but also, like, but yeah. What, what is happening? Yeah, I don't know. It, look, I mean, that was, that was I think, just... Um, one of the myriad of just like well, what is happening uh, type officiating decisions. And then, of course, the Bengals then also shoot themselves in the foot with, with the holding uh, on the, on the extra this. down. Mm-hmm. Which there yeah. was a little bit of contact, and but that was a weak call. There was a weak holding call on the next down, defensive yep. holding. And then on the last, uh, second to last play of the game, there was a... Uh, like the guy just hit like the defensive player just tackled Mahomes like a foot and a half out of bounds. And you know, they, they're always going to call those, but even that one, it was just like <sighs> that one. I have no problem with yeah. that penalty, yeah. but there was the clear holding like Arcadia was talking about on the same play on the left. tackle. So yeah, but yeah. like holds so, get missed a lot. Yeah. That's not a major thing. I think a lot of the calls prior to that play were the issue, not that play. Um, yeah. I so, think that was just a very bad mistake. My whole guy that my whole thing, like I, this, this is the last time I'm going to save it. And then we could just like put a freaking bow on it forever. But I don't mind referees calling a tight game, but you have to call the tight game for both sides. You, you can't just focus on the one team and let the other team get away with a, a big hold and a bit on a big play in the game like that. Because then it looks to the the general audience, including like my dad, who I was watching the game with, it looks to them like, oh, the referees are trying to put the game in their own hands to push this preordained outcome, which of course, like that's not what happened. But it it sours the mood of the general audience that's watching the game and it just makes a bad product. That's all I'm yeah, saying. I don't I, I don't disagree. Um, I think a majority of the calls, especially late, were against the Bengals, and that definitely, like, just just optically watching the game, it did not come across very well. But there were some big calls called on the Chiefs as well, just not late. Like they had a touchdown called back. Those were um, in the, also, yeah, they were they, in the first they half. Had, they also had an interception called back. So mm-hmm. like there there were big moments that were called against the Chiefs. So it's not like it was completely one sided. But as the game progressed. More and more calls definitely seem to be lining up in the favor of the Chiefs and against the Bengals. So um, by the time you got to the end of that game, that was definitely the feeling. Yeah, in terms of what actually technically affected the game, those two calls you were talking about erased 10 points from the Chiefs. Or it was a 10-point swing all in all because it was seven points that got taken from the Chiefs or at least six, obviously, because you don't know about the extra point. Um, But the pass interference uh, that they called that nullified the interception led to a Bengals field goal at the end of the first half. So that's a 10 point swing from those two penalties in terms of what actually affected the game. Those were, I think the bigger ones, but situationally, especially being late in the game like that, that's obviously what's going to get the most attention. And I understand all the complaints behind all of that. Like I, I still think regardless of any of that stuff, it was a poorly officiated game. And I think it's more incompetence in general than malice on the part of the refs or anything like that. It comes off in a really oh, bad way I mean, because I, of how yeah, it all happened situationally. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just, it's a widespread yeah, never, problem. Yeah. I never think that poor officiating is a, is a like, okay. Sometimes you like in situations like in basketball where you can like give technicals out and stuff like, yeah, I've seen players get under the skin of the refs and get penalized. And the same thing also happens in football. Like there are some guys who just like, you know, you see them consistently get more, you know, defensive pass interference penalties because they play more physical or aggressive play style. Um, but I think that uh, in the grand scheme of things, it just it's always 
much more on the side of incompetency and, and rarely on the side of malice. And it's not like, like Arcadio said, it's not like there's some preordained outcome that they, the league wants, so that's what they're going to do. It's like more like, yo, like you, you continue to call these things, but you, you're not like you're not doing it well to be well represented on both sides of the ball. And, and I think um, it's, it's frustrating that like you walk away from that game and like, you can't not talk about the officiating. It's like, we couldn't have this conversation and, and just be like, Oh yeah, there's no issues with, with any element of the game. That wasn't the actual like Bengals offense at the end of the game, which is like fundamentally what broke down. And like, like there were clearly other elements at play and, and, it, I think it, it did impact the game and it's unfortunate to see like that's how it goes and and I think like um in in some ways similar to when similar to the Eagles like the people on Twitter talking about how like oh the Eagles are this like epic team after like walk, as some as I saw quoted walk through a wide open door it's like the the Chiefs I think should still like there was a lot of talk on Twitter and a lot of hype and you know, somewhat deservedly so. You just made the Super Bowl, but also, like, you barely beat a team that has beat you three times, and 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 definitely got luck lucked into a, a decent amount of it towards the end. So, yeah, uh, Nick, who who's calling the Super Bowl? What do you do? You remember the official? It's Carl Jeffries. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Who I believe in the two Super Bowls that crew has called, which are Super Bowl I think fifty two, the Eagles Patriots one, and then fifty five, which was the Chiefs and Bucks one. I think 15 and 11 uh, penalties total in each of those games, respectively. So uh, a tight game is probably going to happen in that game if we're looking ahead to that. So that's going to be fun. We're, we're all going to definitely not have any issues with the officiating in that game. All right. Just, just curious. I'm sure not at all. Why would that happen? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But to actually talk about the players, because I think beyond any of the officiating that we've talked about, it's up to the players to, if that's the situation that they get put in, make the most of it. Uh, the Bengals defense made the most of that drive that um, that the Chiefs got the second chance on. They got cost field position, but they did end up forcing them to punt, and they, they did end up stopping the Chiefs when the touchdown got called back. They ended up forcing a field goal instead of the touchdown that originally got scored on them. So, I mean, I don't begrudge the players for any of this. You do like you do what the situation calls of you, and both teams, I think, had their moments where they failed to, and both teams had their moments where they succeeded in that regard. So, I mean, as far as the pl- as far as the actual play of the game went. Um, I would still say the Chiefs outplayed the Bengals overall, particularly on defense. Uh, Bengals defense gave up over 300 yards to Mahomes. They they gave up Valdez Cantling's biggest game of his career, basically. Six catches, 116 for one touchdown. Uh, he was basically the only wide receiver the Chiefs had because their receiving core got so depleted. Kelsey was out there, but he was banged up, and it was a lot of lower-tier wide receivers and tight ends that the Chiefs had otherwise. So they were banged up on both sides of the ball, particularly on the offense with their skill players, and they still put quite a bit on the Bengals defense and the Chiefs defense to their credit. I've been critical of them all year in Spagnuolo's play calling. Uh, they stepped up in this game, obviously a couple offensive line injuries for the Bengals going in, but Chiefs got to Burrow five times in total. Uh, Frank Clark and Chris, jo- and Chris Jones both had huge games. Clark is third all time now in playoff sacks and Jones had his first couple playoff sacks, including the big one at the end that made the Bengals punt the ball back to the Chiefs. And uh, credit to the Chiefs special teams that I've also been critical of all year because two two people in particular I've been critical of are Sky Moore and uh, Harrison Butker. Sky Moore had some bad fumbles and muffs on punts early in the season. He ended up losing his return job, and he had to return kicks in this game because uh, Kadarius Tony got hurt, of course, because it's Kadarius Tony. Um, and he had two really good returns. One got called back due to due to a holding penalty, I think, and uh, then the other one, the big one on the Chiefs last drive, he got it back to midfield. Uh, so, I mean, credit to him, and he stepped up in big situations. He made a couple good plays on the offensive side of the ball as well. So he finally stepped up when he when he needed to most after all the shit that I talked on him this year. So good for him. And then Bucker got the game-winning field goal. I think he's been perfect on kicks in this postseason so far after he had a very bad regular season. So uh, the Chiefs had a complete performance in this game. Put, putting aside everything else, they performed on all three phases of the game, and I think they were better on all three than the Bengals were ultimately. And even despite all that, this is an incredibly close game that – I don't know if I would call a great game because there was so much bullshit happening, but both teams played their hearts out and it ended up coming right down to the wire, which was what we wanted from the first game and didn't get for obvious reasons. Yeah, I mean, I think it was a, because it was a close game, I mean, 23-20 coming down to the last second field goal, like it felt like a very good game still. Like this was a really competitive game back and forth. 
well, really, I mean, Bengals making a comeback, and then uh, then it was 2020 for quite a few drives there at the end. But, um, yeah, I think it did turn into a good football game. Uh, officiating aside, I do think the Chiefs did outplay the Bengals, like you said. And when it came down to it at the very end of the game, the Bengals had their chance, and they their last two drives were, like, like real drives, were interception and punt. Um, mm-hmm. So they really had their chance to at least kick a field goal, um, and they, they just couldn't do it. Uh, so, you know, it, it's unfortunate that it came down to like some officiating and like that weird, um, drive at the very end, but, uh, the Bengals had their shot. They just couldn't quite capitalize on it. Yeah. I mean, the Bengals yeah, also yeah. allowed a big kickoff, like in the, for the last drive of the game yeah. that let the chiefs mm-hmm. go set up for a field goal in the first place. So, I mean, right. Yeah. yeah. Like they kind of, kind of tough know, they, to argue yeah. with that. Yeah. I think the Bengals gave up more big like dagger plays in this game than the Chiefs did. The Chiefs defense, again, relative to their usual performance, I think, really showed up in this game. Like they they gave up a couple big plays to Higgins and Chase, especially that big fourth down that Burrow completed to Chase near the goal line, which was a crazy play and a crazy call situationally given the field position and the time in the game, but it worked out for them. Um but all in all, I think again, a good performance on in all three phases of the game by the Chiefs and uh, luckily for them, they have two weeks to start healing up now. Obviously, Mahomes will probably benefit from that, and hopefully, their wide receiver, their wide receiving core, can benefit from that. Because none of these injuries seem like too bad from what I could initially see. Like everybody was considered questionable that went out, I think. Um, so hopefully, these two weeks are good for them. And then Lejarius Need had a concussion early in the game. Hopefully, he's good in two weeks. You don't want to mess with concussions, obviously, but. Um, the two weeks, I think, are going to do wonders for this Chiefs team that uh, got very banged up very quickly this past week. So that's what we've got. Anything else you want to mention about the game? Uh, just a quick note. I, I think uh, pretty pretty disappointing. Like, obviously good for Nick, the Chiefs won. But in terms of the six or seven hours of football content that was displayed on Sunday, not not anywhere close to the best six or seven of hours of football content that has been displayed yeah it was a i think it was a a disappointing championship weekend for what could have been a very epic championship weekend i was gonna say i don't i don't think yeah. mahomes got enough slander for his fumble yeah we like, did mention the fumble that was yeah, just a, that was just a bad play like straight up that's like someone put in the rundown that's a raiders play and uh yeah <laughs> oh yeah that's no, something you see happen to yeah. you if, see happen to third string quarterbacks all the time and like if Derek it Carr in the makes worst that moment. play if Derek Carr makes that play he's a meme on twitter for like the next 12 hours but because it was mahomes i guess we just move on about it right but whatever. Well, it also helps that he helps that he recovered and ended up he, winning he that game. So, win the game. <laughs> yeah, and had a very good performance. Otherwise, like no big mistakes other than that, and he came back and got the game winner. So, there is there is that to consider. I mean, other than just, do we want to bring up like uh, Kelsey and, and and all the stuff that he he said after the game that was pretty entertaining. Uh, oh yeah, he uh, referenced some old '90s wrestling quotes in response to the the uh, mayor of Cincinnati. You can look him up if you really want to see it, but. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs had a chip on their shoulder from all the shit talk that the Bengals and Cincinnati as a whole gave, and they got to give it back. I mean, that's just, I mean, it's shit talk. It's going to happen between NFL players. They have big egos, obviously, and, like, that's just part of the game. Um, so that's fun. Like, I don't really care either way about about all the trash talk that the players do, but they get a kick out of it, and they get really into it, and sometimes I think the Chiefs especially get motivated by it when when people start talking shit on them. So that's what happened there. Okay, so uh, those were the two conference championship games. We will move on now to second down, talking about the uh, injuries that happened. So the big one, obviously, Brock Purdy's elbow injury that happened early on in the NFC title game. Uh, It ended up being a complete tear of his UCL. They are hoping that he can avoid full Tommy John surgery. They're hoping it's a repair rather than a reconstruction. Um, If he can avoid the really bad surgery, he might be back by training camp. I think I saw maybe a six-month recovery was what Schefter said. Um, so that would bring him back in July, as of right now, late July, if everything goes well with his recovery, and if that's what indeed happens. Yeah. So there's a there's like a not full Tommy John surgery, but there's other type of surgery, which is like a pretty new surgery um, in the world of like elbow reconstruction. Um, that uh, that he he could potentially get and be back within six months. Um, Tommy John is still not out of the question, though he's getting second opinions as we speak, and so. The hope, the hope is that he gets a surgery sometime soon because, you know, six months from February 1st is uh, August 1st, and that's right around the start of tra- training camp and, and the beginning of, like, sort of the ro- the build-ups of the season. So we'll see um, 
what happens. I, I think it's just, it's possible, like especially if he ends up in the Tommy John route, that he's just gone for another season. Um, but it's uh, too early to tell. And so as more news comes out, we'll find out what's what's what with Brock Purdy's elbow and how it all shakes out. Yeah, that's the big uh, monkey wrench in this offseason for the Niners at quarterback is just his recovery, how he does, and what happens to everybody else. So that's going to be something to follow. And, and when they get Brady. And yeah, and when they get Brady, maybe they're making those calls right now. Who knows? Who knows? Um, speaking of Niners quarterbacks, very unfortunate that Josh Johnson, who was their fourth stringer, came in for a little while. He ended up getting a concussion, and he's in the protocol right now. Obviously, they're not going to play anytime soon, but he's got that to deal with. I mean, kind of sucks for him that he probably didn't expect to play. Then he had to come in in the biggest game of the season under immense pressure, and then he had that happen to him on top of that. That just really sucks for him. Elsewhere with injuries, Justin Herbert had surgery to repair a, a torn left labrum. He's been dealing with a lot of injuries. Obviously, his ribs were a factor throughout a lot of this past season. Um, this offseason is just a chance to heal up, get those surgeries for those nagging injuries, and we'll see how he recovers from all that. But yeah, Justin Herbert had surgery for a torn labrum, and Jonathan Taylor underwent ankle surgery. He's obviously struggled to stay on the field a lot throughout this past season, and it was a pretty bad year for the Colts. And uh, hopefully he can come back stronger than ever, but we will see. Okay, so third down, recapping the news that's happened elsewhere in the league. Uh, so head coaching hire, the Panthers got Frank Reich, who got fired from the Colts, obviously, at midseason, and replaced with Jeff Saturday. He was available. He seemed like one of the one of the top coaches that would be available for any team hiring a head coach, and uh, he got hired pretty quickly. Obviously, there's a lot of teams that still haven't filled their coaching vacancies that we'll probably hear about in the next couple weeks, uh, probably a lot more after the Super Bowl. But, yeah, any thoughts on this hire? Uh I mentioned it in the in the group chat, but mm-hmm. like man, Frank Reich just has the horrible luck with quarterbacks. He really does. Yeah. What are they What are they gonna do at this point? Like Derek Carr. I, don't know. I, I mean, yeah. if they don't draft someone, Matt Corral is the most likely option. I think Sam Darnold is technically still on the roster. He's there, but um, I doubt they go with him. And so we'll we'll see what happens um, between Matt Corral and and potentially signing a free agent i think there's obviously also the option to draft will levis or anthony richardson or um cj stroud i doubt stroud well stroud would they would probably have to trade up for i can see them trading up yeah yeah i was gonna say they could not out, it's not out of the question those guys yeah it's not super unrealistic but yeah i mean i think it's it's something more stable than what they have had uh with Steve Wilkes and uh don't even remember who was there before. Matt fired, Rule, bro. Matt, Matt Rule. Rule. Uh yeah, Matt Rule, Steve Wilkes, like much better. Things are trending upwards for a franchise that actually post trade last season, they look somewhat competent. So we'll see what happens. Yep. They had a surprising second half of the season. I think I said like week nine or ten that I expected them to get the number one overall pick and they ended up getting what, six wins, seven wins? Seven wins, seven and ten. Seven. Yeah, I mean, they were competing for the division, and if Brady leaves, they can really compete for the division. Okay, so moving on from that, uh, NFL is considering a rule change as a result of the nasty injuries that Pollard and Mahomes got during uh, the divisional round. Defenders wouldn't be able to hip drop, and they wouldn't put all their full body weight on the person they're tackling on the play, which obviously, in the event that we saw of those two plays, pinned the uh, pinned the offensive player's legs to the ground in a very awkward manner. Uh, this... I hadn't heard about this, but this seems to make sense to me. Like, every time I see a hit like that, it feels like it shouldn't be legal. Although I think a lot of that is obviously unintentional on the part of the defenders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, as dangerous as a lot of these tackles, like, they look, it's it's hard to keep taking different ways that defenders can hit someone out of the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's my like, thing, too. Yeah. Like, Spur of the it, moment, you know, it's very difficult to stop things like that. Exactly. Especially, like, you don't know what angle the other player is going to be at when you come down on them like that. Right. It, it, the players are moving so fast, and when yeah. you look at it in slow motion, things look way more egregious and intentional. Uh, when it's just a spur of the moment, like, this is how I have to get this guy down, or it's just a, a reaction um, to something. Like, I get wanting to make the game safer, but it's impossible to take injuries out of football. So... I don't know. I, I'd have to see a little bit more on this and how they would officiate it, and if they offer anything like, "Hey, if you're in this position, posi- like if you're in this position, what is the better way to do it?" 
that type of stuff. Like, I don't know. I, it's, I, I'm a little touch and go as far as these rules go, as far as like on defenders trying to limit what they can do to even play defense. It's like an admirable goal, but I don't think it's realistic to actually achieve. It's yeah. kind of how I feel about stuff like that. Like exactly. I can understand it. You don't want things like this to happen, but it's a lot of this is just difficult to control. And I don't like, to me, that's, it's as simple as that. Yeah. I think um, there's a like element of potentially introducing a like roughing the passer versus like r- running into the passer type penalties mm-hmm. where um, it's a minor penalty as opposed to 15 yards and an automatic first down. Uh, it's just like a five-yard penalty. So yeah. I think there are other penalties, and there's maybe better ways that they can go about officiating you know, quarterback situations. But as we saw this weekend, there's a reason why all those quarterback uh, protections are put into place. Yeah. yeah. You lose them, and, and the game just implodes. Yeah. I mean, we're, and we're getting to the point in the year where all the possible ideas for rule changes to happen in the offseason are starting to really come into effect. Anything that affects a playoff game is going to get a big microscope on it ultimately for talking about in the offseason. So that's kind of what we're seeing here. Moving on. Uh, so news that dropped during the AFC championship game yesterday, uh, Kellen Moore and the Cowboys have parted ways and uh, he has already been hired elsewhere. He is now the offensive coordinator for the Chargers. Um, Bobby, you had some thoughts on this, right? I mean, I think yeah. he's better than Lombardi. Yeah. Um, it's my opinion, basically. I mean, I think Kellen Moore is pretty good. Like, I don't I don't think he's as special as people may have thought he was when he first came in the league and was doing some kind of interesting stuff. Uh, and I don't think he's a, a bad coordinator at all. I just think he's been passed um, by quite a few guys coming up as far as creativity and, and running an offense. But, I mean, again, I think he's an improvement over Lombardi. I think... Herbert could work well with him. Um, so I don't hate the hire, uh, but it's just kind of funny after everything that we just talked about with the end of that Dallas game. Yeah, I really hope he wasn't uh, and he the gets hired right away. That it that that seems like a Chargers play that could happen, so it's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> it does. So I mean, again, I think it's an improvement, but uh, I'm definitely curious to see how it plays out. Uh, also, more coordinator news, the Dolphins hired Vic Fangio, former uh, Broncos head coach, as their defensive coordinator. Um, people seem pretty happy with this hire, from what I could tell. He's got a pretty good reputation as a coordinator uh, from his pre-head coaching days. He didn't have a great three years in Denver. Um, this seems like probably more of his skill set, and uh, I think this is something the Dolphins probably needed. I think this is, I mean, I think this will be good for them, but we will see. Yeah, he's a great defensive coordinator wherever he goes, so like. Yeah. Yeah. I would I would say that the Dolphins have hired Vic Fangio, but I don't think it's like I don't know if Vic Fangio has signed the contract because uh, there is news that is not on this rundown. That is that uh, D'Amico Ryan's the 49ers defensive coordinator is uh, like almost a lock to become the Texans' new head coach, mm-hmm. and so if that happens and there's a vacancy in the 49ers defensive coordinator position, um, people have said that like Vic Fangio is still liable to change his mind, but we'll see what happens. Um, I think there, it's not like, I would say it's like 99%, but there's still like a outsider's chance that Vic Fangio ends up as the 49ers defensive coordinator. He we'll said uh, he's yet to decide officially. So that's from okay. the horse's mouth himself. Yeah. So there you go. Did I didn't see that. Well, there Thanks you go. For pointing that out. Yeah. I also did not see that. I just saw the news that he got hired. So thank you for the clarification. We will see. So, uh, Maybe by the time the Super Bowl happens or the Super Bowl preview happens, we'll have a better idea as far as that goes. More coordinator news. Rams hired uh, former Jets offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur to the same position. Obviously, they had a terrible year, and a lot of that was due to injuries. But he uh, LaFleur didn't have a great year at the Jets. They started really well. Um, obviously, injuries affected them to a degree, too. So I don't know exactly how to feel about this move for them. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, Mike LaFleur, obviously brother to Matt LaFleur, coach of the Packers and also uh was like around during that time when Vic McVeigh and Shanahan were both in the um commander staff it's interesting because we uh he was then on the 49ers staff at one point uh and now he's on the Rams staff so there's a lot of the LaFleurs and Shanahan's and McVeigh's of the world have a very tight-knit relationship between all of them and share a lot of the same play like callers play callers and stuff like that so we'll see what happens yep and speaking of the jets vacant offense coordinator position they have filled that position with everyone's favorite 
head coach, former head coach, I should say, Nathaniel Hackett, former Broncos head coach, uh, Broncos legend, has now now found his place as the Jets offensive coordinator. Their immediate thoughts as to what this could mean for the Jets when this when this move happened, and I think everybody probably knows what they want to happen over there. Yeah, I mean, we can just say it that everyone yes. as soon as he was hired is oh they're going after Aaron Rodgers. Like, yeah, that that's kind of the the expectation. Isn't that what they said um, when the Broncos hired him as their head coach? Oh, one hundred percent. And I think yes, and I 100%. think that was I think that was happening and just fell up. It fell through. Like, I mm-hmm. think there was a chance that happens and Hackett might have thought it was happening uh, because the same day that uh, Rodgers announced that he was going back to Packers is when they officially made the trade for Russell Wilson. So I think they kind of had both plans. <laughs> yeah. um, and one, it was like waiting to hear if that was going to happen with Rodgers. And as soon as, it, as soon as it didn't, they were like, OK, we're doing the other one. And that was already so. Um, I think there's a chance this happens, but there's also a big chance Rodgers just retires. So. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, he's he's one of those guys where every offseason, now you're you're hearing whether he'll stay in Green Bay, whether he'll retire, whether he'll go somewhere else. I feel like this year has the best chance of any year that we've had so far of him actually leaving for one reason or another. I mean, another. all the reports, and, every report coming out right now is saying that it's, they're like the Packers are kind of done with him, but yeah. you, you never officially know and rumors happen and nothing is like coming from strong sources, but all signs right now are pointing towards he's not at least going back to the Packers. So we'll see. And it seems like the organization and the fans are more ready than ever to actually move on from him. It seems like everybody is kind of tired of him over there by now. So yeah, we will see. And that's something that probably we'll hear about maybe in March or late February sometime. But uh, yeah, this obviously seems like it's setting up at least the Jets making a run for Rogers, but we'll see. So moving on to fourth down, previewing next. Oh, there's no game next week, folks. We've got two weeks until the Super Bowl. So uh, next Sunday is the Pro Bowl, which historically is a game. No, no, no. It's the Pro Bowl games. It's the Pro Bowl games. Well, I was going to say, historically, it's been a game, like a regular game, and people haven't cared about it, especially the players, because they don't want to get hurt. They just want to chill in Hawaii on vacation, which is where they normally did the Pro Bowl at. Uh, so yeah, this is now the Pro Bowl games with a bunch of silly games like flag football and uh, some other stuff. I don't remember all the games they're playing. I, I would assume they're doing but, some type of punt pass kick things during the week. Yeah, there's the skills competition, yeah, some, something like that. There's there's uh there's obviously like the main event instead of being a real football game is a flag football game coached by Peyton and Eli uh, mm-hmm. of their uh, Eli of the. NFC and Peyton of the AFC. And then I think there's other, some other like celebrity involvement in that game as well. I don't remember exactly what's going on, but yeah, it's a, there's, it's a big fanfare and it's in Vegas this yes. time. Yeah. Right? Yes. Vegas. Yeah. They've moved it to Vegas from Hawaii. So, uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, if, uh, if you're truly degenerate, you bet on this game because you, you, I'm sure you, you can. I'm sure uh, you can, but I, would, why would you do this? Would you like yeah. the, Would you like the rundown of the of the competitions? Yes. Yes, please. Yes, please. So uh, Thursday the second, we have Epic Pro Bowl Dodgeball. Um. Oh, that, that sounds that, lit. That, sounds that actually fun, sounds kind of cool. It sounds cool, but nothing to do with football. But it sounds fun. Uh, we have a lightning round, which is a three-part that... elimination challenge that will leave one player left at the end to earn three points for his conference are there buzzers involved in that <laughs> yeah, <I don't> <laughs> uh it doesn't really <laughs> describe it dump the bucket on the opposing coach a bucket hang over the coach. this is weird i don't know okay it doesn't really it explain it, a whole lot. it just explains a bucket that's hanging over the coach's head toss water balloons yeah. back and forth from increasing distances <laughs> Oh, this is amazing. Is that what the quarterbacks are doing this time? I'm so glad I waited until right now to look all this up. (laughs) Uh, Longest drive uh, for golf, I guess. A golf ball. Um, Precision passing presented by EA Sports Madden NFL 23 Mobile. Mm -mm. (laughs) A one-minute accuracy competition between each of the conference's three quarterbacks. Nope, it's two quarterbacks and one non-quarterback. Oh. Is it? Okay. Yeah, Weird. I'm on the NFL oh website. Oh my goodness! Uh, Who's the third man? Who's, who's best catch is? presented by Uber Eats. <laughs> of course, Uber Eats. Yes, Uber Eats. I, I think it, I think it's 
Wait, is this a dunk contest, but it's a catch contest? Yes, it is. Yes, that's oh, what it my is. Goodness. Sounds awesome. Someone's gonna oh, hurt. Boy. Someone's that gonna is, hurt that themselves. That is the, the that, of all these games. That's the most likely to get someone injured. That one yes. right there. Yeah. Oh my god. 100. Guys, there are so many okay, games. So that was that was Jesus Thursday. Christ. That was Thursday. Sunday. What what are the linemen gonna do? We're gonna find <laughs> oh, out. Oh, just wait, just wait, so, just wait. You're about to find out. Sunday. Oh, god. Uh, it's the finale of the best catch presented by Uber Eats. Um, of course. We have a gridiron gauntlet. Which is a side by side relay race. <laughs> Each segment forty okay. yards in length, four parts, including a this series is... of breakaway walls, a section of climbing over walls and under tables, a tire this run, a... and a blocking sled carrying a legend coach across the finish line. <laughs> this is like a middle school, elementary school field day event. It's field like, day. This is yes. what it is. <laughs> oh, this is awesome. Uh kick tick tack kick tack toe. Oh no, my no, god! You missed one. I did. What? I'm, I'm just looking Is at. Is this it with on the punts NFL or, or kickers? Move the chain. I, that, that's after this. That, that, they show that after this. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Kick tac toe. Each team's kicker, punter, and long snapper compete in a giant oh. tic tac toe competition to showcase their respective this. skills. The first team to complete a connecting line of three squares or hit five squares total will be declared the winner. Oh my gosh! Oh man! And then finally, I love that one. <laughs> as Jay hinted at, move the chains. Uh, four teams, two teams from each conference, will compete side by side in a weighted wall pull that will showcase their strength, speed, and ingenuity. I guess that's what the offensive line or the offensive and defensive linemen are going to do. Gonna do. Uh, each team uh-huh. of five players is responsible for pulling a wall loaded up with heavy weights ten yards as quickly as possible using first down chains. This sounds incredible. Yeah. Go, go, Penesul. I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh yeah. Yes. I guess the uh, only thing I care about is so, that so now. And of course, there's so two on. flag football. Hold on. Games. Yes. Oh. Right. Wait. wait so what's the second way one? To, there's a way to win. Okay. Uh, the winning conference of each skill position, uh, each skill competition, earns three points towards their team's overall score, with 24 points being available across the eight skill events. Winning the, the winning conference from each of the two flag football games on Sunday will earn six points for their team, a total of 12 points. Points from the skills competition in the two first fl- in the two flag football games will be added together and will be the score at the beginning of the third and final flag game, which will determine the winner of the Pro Bowl games. Aren't you right, I kind of want to watch this for now. The I kind of love between I, Peyton and Eli? I am not going to watch any of this live, but I can't wait for the clips. Like, yeah, I want to we'll, see oh, the man, highlights of this. But there will be some great Twitter highlights of this. Yeah, it's, it's on ESPN. I might, yeah. I might yeah. watch some I, of the shenanigans I mean, on Thursday. I, I don't think I'm going to be home, for one thing, but I'm not mm-hmm. going to go out of my way to watch it either. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure there will be some fun highlights from it, some Twitter moments and yeah, stuff. Yeah, no, this, this sounds uh, way better than a three-hour football game where Jeff Saturday snaps it to Peyton Manning. That's, this, yeah. is what, this is significantly better than that. And the players will have much more fun, I think. Yes. This seems like this seems like they much more their speed for what they probably want to do at this point at the end of the season when a lot of them are still. Yeah, banged I up. mean, it sounds like it sounds fun to participate in. Like, yeah, it really does. So, like, I get it's probably going to get more players to show up instead of for just mm-hmm. some game that's very watered down. Um, yeah. So, it could be fun. Uh, I'm curious to see how it's received if any more people end up watching it, because the Pro Bowl and whatever they've done with it has not been much of a draw for years. Um, so we'll see what this first one does. I'm, I'm pretty curious. Yeah, this seems intriguing, I think. Uh, so next week, we're going to have a Super Bowl preview episode. So we'll actually talk about the game in detail as we get a little bit closer so we can see some of those stories iron out throughout this week and see what happens. But yeah, that'll be next week. And it sounds like we'll probably recap the Pro Bowl shenanigans next week as well from... Uh, from, from what it's sounding like. We got a couple of us that are going to try and watch it, and I'll try and catch some highlights as well. So that sounds like a plan to me. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure there'll be a great highlight reel on Twitter, and there'll be some epic moments. Um, there'll be some great memes. I just can't wait for the memes. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to say? Uh, I'm happy that uh, St. Brown and Sewell from the Lions are now in the Pro Bowl. I get to That's right. hopefully see some fun highlights. So because the Eagles made the Super Bowl, um, both of them are now in it. So that's mm-hmm. that's fun because I think they were both deserving anyways. So yeah, um, happy as a Lions fan for that. Yeah, I don't get to see my guys in the Pro Bowl, which I'm also happy about. Boo-hoo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get to brag. I was going to brag a little bit while I can. You get like to I was... see them lose the week after. Yeah, 
I was I was telling Jay earlier, I'm gonna ride the wave as long as I can. I'm gonna I'm gonna be an, an obnoxious fan of a team that's having a great run. To be just fair, because as you I don't be. know how long it Yeah, I don't know how long it's gonna last. You know, it could be and when it's over, it could be a long time before it get, gets back to form. Um so I'm just gonna enjoy it while I can because I don't know what the future holds. So it's their third Super Bowl appearance in the last four years. I will enjoy it as much as yeah. I can. It was uh, it was fun when it was uh the Warriors. Uh Title appearances were, were a good time. Enjoy, right, enjoy the wave because it, yes. it could come crashing down at any moment. Oh yeah, it'll come crashing down in 13 days from this recording. Uh, we'll get to that when we get to that. Uh, we'll preview the game next week. We'll see how things are shaking out. But then it sounds like we are all good. So thank you, folks, for joining us, recapping the conference championship games. It sucks that we missed out on the pod, the all pod Super Bowl matchup between Jay and I. But we do get Kelsey Bowl. Uh, instead of that, um, I've been listening to their podcast the last couple weeks, so I'm curious to hear what they say on uh, this week's episode now that they know they're going to play each other. Uh, that'll probably be fun. Um, the lead-up to this game should hopefully be pretty fun. Uh, there's some cool historical stuff happening with the game, and that's all very cool. And these are the two one-seeds. They seem like the two best overall teams that the league still has. Um, so I'm just excited for the game. We will preview the game in full next week, but for now, that will do it for us, and we will see you to preview the Super Bowl next week. Goodbye, folks.